Welcome to another week of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. Now, you might not have recognized me with my super sexy voice this week, but that's just a little uh, little problem from this weekend. Lots of shouting. Lots of shouting happened in my life. But uh, but I'll be over it, I think, by next week. Is it really a problem? No. I, you know, I feel fine. Saturday... Saturday and Sunday, both. How does how does your li- how does your wife like your voice now? Well, so here's the story I'm going to get to. Saturday was the big day. Lots and lots of shouting. I was at an event that I was I was just yelling a lot. Had to to get my point across to anyone I was talking to, and I knew immediately when that started that my voice was going to be gone. And I was hitting like Barry White lows on Saturday evening. It was crazy. She was very turned on, and that was kind of cool. And then Sunday rolled around, and I did not have to yell as much. It was a lighter day, and uh, I got to recuperate a little bit. But still, you can tell there's a little frog in the throat, um, probably an octave lower or something. So I'm dealing with it just fine. Hopefully, it won't affect our listeners too much. We're going we're gonna to play a clip later in the show that is much lower quality than my Your voice. voice. <laughs> so I feel okay. I mean, we're setting a low bar for me to reach, so... Anyway, uh, you know, I hope you can bear through it. <clears throat> and um, enjoy. And then, ladies, uh, sorry, he's married. I guess that was evident already. Married, but always willing to chat. Always willing to chat. Always willing to chat. There's nothing wrong with being social. Yeah. So, I guess we've got a few things to cover this week. We finally have some people contacting us that we want to talk about. We have people contacting us all the time, right? Um, we have a voicemail number. <laughs> Some of them we want to talk to, others not so much. Well, that's how it works. And if any of you guys listening have your own podcast and solicit you know, communication from your listeners, or maybe you have a website and you get comments on that website, you know, as well as we do, that not all of them are great, but sometimes you get some good ones. And uh, one of the ways you can communicate with us is through our Google Voice uh, voicemail box. What's that number, Ara? That number is 480-442-6321. Or if your short-term memory is exhausted and you need to um, group the figures together, you can also think of it as 480-4GAME21. That's right, 4GAME21. And someone left us a good enough voicemail to play on the air. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. It's, this is like, um, I feel like I should go play the lottery now. Yeah. So we'll, we'll run into that later. And also, uh, we got a good letter. And I can tell you about uh, you know, me using an SSD in my new MacBook Pro. I've been waiting to talk about this for a while, actually. Really? What is there to say about that? Other than, um, it's fa- is it fast? Yes. Yes. Well, here's the thing. So I had originally... There's a bunch of different SSDs okay. in the market. I hope it, I hope you're talking about SSD, the video game. No. <laughs> I th- that'd be kind of a fun game, though. We should come up with that. Uh, anyway. Oh, by the way. So, I was in Boston. We were... That's what I was, where I was this weekend. I was in Boston um, with my wife. And we couldn't help but notice that apparently the attire in Boston, at least for the ladies, is strictly tight short skirts. That's all there is. Nothing. That's all ladies are permitted to wear in Boston? A- apparently, it's mandatory because I can't, I can't fathom that there would otherwise be such universal uh, dress wear in, in the city. But everyone wearing the same thing. Very, very leggy city, even though it's starting to get a little bit chilly. And we wanted to create some sort of crotch awareness society and thought that that would make either at least a good website, preferably a good video game. If we could somehow work that out. So maybe you and me, after the show, can come up with uh, a premise for the gameplay. The idea is sort of like, if to get people to understand, we can see your crotch just by you walking around in that skirt. Well, like which, I, which I'm not opposed to, I should point out, but just something we observed. Like I've been well known to say, um, there can't be anything bad if it involves the crotch. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I disagree quite a bit. Uh, all right, so... <clears throat> I've I've had uh, a couple of exploits this past week, you know, with crotch awareness. No, not with crotch awareness. That's just it. Just happens to be the last topic. Oh yeah, you took a trip. I took another. I was away. You were yeah. away. Yeah, we were both away. All right, so we'll talk about that. Um, I was getting. I was going to talk about the MacBook because we got into okay, this. Okay, talk about the MacBook. So we All right, can get so that out of the way because I I can't like I'm just what so, could possibly be 
interesting about Here's this. the thing. I wanted to relate it to games, and I'm not going to very much because I was originally going to do this thing where I got like my new MacBook Pro right when they were released in June, and I was all excited, right? We'll get uh, get an SSD in there, and we'll compare, and like we'll do like the uh, the old hard drive and the new one and how fast do my games load and all that jazz, right? And um, then it took so darn long for me to get the SSD from the vendor that I kind of like... I lost my fire to to do all of the the dead heat comparisons, especially because by that time everyone had done them. So I didn't think it was going to be very interesting. But I do want to point out: first of all, I am a sucker for pitching your stuff if you send it to me to to test or to use. So um, there's that, which is one reason I'm talking about it. But uh, specifically with at least with Mac products, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they use uh, Samsung SSDs. In their machines, like exclusively. The, uh, well, at least for the MacBook Pro line, I'm not. I think they make their own for the Air, which is very popular these days. But in the Pro, you'll get a Samsung 830, which is what Samsung was nice enough to send me. So, like, I could have called up Kingston or anybody else, um, people that we we had met at. Where was I recently? Which show was it? Was it E3? Yeah, it was E3. Sure. Yeah, we saw a bunch of people at E3. And, um, but I wanted to get the same one that, that comes with it because I know Apple like wouldn't put a crappy one in their system in the first place, so I wanted to get the same one. So I got a Samsung 830, which is known for high quality. It's like, all right, I'm going to pop that in there, and I got the, the stuff you needed from like OCW or whatever this other company is. No, OWC, Other World Computing. They sell this little thing you pop in there so you can, if you take out the DVD drive, you can put another hard drive in, so you have two hard drives in. Instead of the disk drive, okay, you're looking at me so blankly. There are there are Mac nerds <laughs> listening right now that love this stuff. I guarantee it. Spoojorama, so, exactly. So I have no DVD drive in the machine anymore, but I have two hard drives, which is great, right? Because the SSDs are really expensive. So you get a smaller SSD and then keep the old big hard drive. Also, it makes it a little bit easier, um, at least mentally, to run multiple instances of the OS if you need two different ones, which I totally do for Johann Sebastian Joust. So anyway, I put the two different hard drives in there uh, with the extra part that I got from uh, OWC. It worked perfectly. It was super duper easy to do. So I was excited about that. Samsung even provides instructions for all that and made it really easy. So this is a little bit pitchy to you because they were awesome enough to to let me test this thing out. But I got to say, my computer boots in like no time with this thing, like 12 seconds from totally off to totally on. Photoshop and other programs open up friggin' immediately. That's faster than a PlayStation yeah. 3. But then, when I actually went to go test it with a real game, with Civ 5, I don't notice a significant difference. Which is crazy to me, right? There's still a long loading screen of like 15 seconds or something. Like, longer than my entire OS booting time. Yeah. Well, it, it all depends. I mean, it, it's funny, like, you know, we're, we shouldn't spend a lot of time on this, but, you know, one of the, one of the few things that I learned in, in my bone-crushing computer science program is that Measuring uh, computer performance is extremely, especially these days, extremely complex. It's not as like straightforward to benchmark and compare speeds of things as it used to be, because yeah. all this stuff's like all it's all like multi-threaded business, and then even that's just processing, right? And then even like you know whether you have like an SSD drive or not, right? Like for instance, if uh, you know if Civ, if Civ uh, what was it, Civ Five? You said yeah. I mean, if they use, like, a certain weird, like, file structure, if they have, like, a lot of files that are, like, very small, for example, or, like, versus, like, one big file, right, like, few very large files, then sometimes, like, the the gains, gains may or may not be noticed. And it's interesting, too, actually. There's, um, there's a couple places on the Internet you can find that talk about putting an SSD drive in your PlayStation 3. And depending on the game, you can either experience great benefits or almost no benefits whatsoever. Yeah, well, I can understand the lots of little files versus big one, right? That That's the same thing with, with yeah. any sort of transfer, I actually right? just completely made that up and don't even know if it's true. So. I, I would expect it to be true. But, it, I mean, it's more a question of... No, it has the... The idea of random access, right, is still slower than sequential access as far as I know, even though it's an SSD. But the idea is that an SSD takes out most of that bottlenecking that you get in a hard drive. But yeah. the other thing like too you said, is we're going to have like, to spend all day on it. Right. Okay. So 5 could be also just hitting the processor more than it's hitting the Well, drive. I'm talking about like just the loading part. 
Yeah. Just yeah, but getting who, it yeah, started. But, yeah, but who knows what it's doing is what I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, who you knows mean, what it's It really could be doing. processing, not just loading during the loading screen. Well, yeah. I mean, it yeah. could be, it could be like, I mean, who knows? Yeah. The, the actual gameplay itself didn't seem any faster. This game is, it's heavy on processing, right? It's like pr- processing your enemy's turns and stuff. And that still takes a while. And I don't expect that to go any faster. But at least the loading and some of the other stuff should be better. Um, and if I was playing a different game that had like a lot more textures and motion and stuff, I would expect like not a lot of pop in. Versus right. popping that you get on you know traditional video. You games remind me of PC games way back when, like way back when 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 the computer was faster, like it would actually the game would actually run faster. Oh geez, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> like, that doesn't really like, happen. Like these when days. you overclock your processor or whatever, like it literally everything just plays faster. Yeah, no different story. Yeah. Anyway, I do just. I have an obligation to send a shout out to Samsung for sending me the drive and because it actually is awesome. So I thank them for that. And I certainly encourage anyone, at least if you have the MacBook Pro and you can do the replacement because the Airs, you could get a replacement hard drive from OWC for the Airs, but it's not very cost effective. It's better than buying it from Apple, but it's easy as with a Pro. It's awesome. I definitely see better performance, but not a huge change in actual game use. But still, still the machine runs a lot better. So, yeah. Anyway, well, do that if you have the opportunity. MacBook those Pro things, user. do they even break? Those things, how can it break? Will it ever break? Uh, they have, I mean, there's the idea of write cycles. Yeah. So it takes a while. But that's one of the things. That's why you want a reliable drive, which is why I chose. It's more resilient, <laughs> obviously, than regular. Well, to like shock. Right. Yeah. But it has like a much more. Uh, there, there's a much greater expectation of failure or more defined expectation of failure like at a certain point. Like you know it has this many write cycles or approximately this many and it's going to go bad at that point. But I think it lasts normal use about three years or something. Good time. All right, we'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio, where the remainder of the show will be 100% solid-state drive free. Not exactly, because... You're killing me. No, I was very quickly... <laughs> you asked about reliability just before we went to the break, and that was actually... I just want to point out the, the reason I wanted the Samsung one. I like I'd already mentioned that, but that was like... Because they're more reliable? Yeah. If, if you read the review... And don't take my word for it, right? But when you read all the reviews and stuff, they talk about... There's ones that are fast, but there's always this question of reliability and how fast they die and, like, which controller they have on it and whatever. And Samsung seems to have hit this, at least with the 830 model, okay. this sweet spot of uh, really high speeds with also reliability, which I'm sure is why Apple chose them as the official vendor. Okay. But they also, in the last few months, have reached an excellent price point as well because all the prices of SSDs have totally taken a nosedive, which is awesome. So now you can, like... If you find special deals, you can almost find it for 50 cents a gig. Almost. Well, if we keep talking about this, it's going to affect how fast I die. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, (laughs) just read up on it. Don't take my word for it. There's a good reason that I wanted that one. So um, I do need to talk about our sponsor, UAT, the University of Advancing Technology. Their website is uat.edu. As always, they make this show happen. You know, I was was just down there, actually. Did they do something again? There was a um, show or something. Well, I was invited to um, basically evaluate a bunch of uh, student pitches. Pitches, yeah. so not actual products now. 
No, there was there was a class. You know, I mean, I know a bunch of people down there. It seems like I'm for some reason or another just randomly. Um, more and more people I know are involved with stuff that goes on down there. So they, anyway, they do a lot of different things. Yeah. So one of the one of the professors that I know down there, um, you know, his his class part of for one of his classes, they had uh, they had me and some other um, actual like developers go down there to to evaluate. Um, like I don't know, they had like twenty like game pitches. Were any of them worthwhile? Um, it was kind of like American Idol. But kind of like you mean like the, the be- first episode of American Idol no, of the season where like, they're just a bunch of crap. Kind of like before it gets on TV. Okay. As opposed to like the finals. So dissect this for me though. Like so, so they everybody has pitches. Everybody have, has ideas for games. But where is it that they're going wrong? Well, it's it's interesting because I mean, since it's I mean, it's student work, right? So we're we're not discussing it to like make fun of it, right? But. They they always I mean because it's student work it's like they they tend to have like rather predictable patterns. Can, can we set the premise first? When they are doing this pitch, is this like a pitch if they were in a scenario to be making the quote triple A big budget have lots of resources, or is it like this is something we want to do while we're in school? A pitch for a realistic project. It was actually it was actually for the latter, right? And okay. let, it, it well, I like that better. Yeah, I mean, let's not get into. And, and by let's, I mean um, I'm not going to get into the uh, the nitty gritty of exactly like what domain those pitches were in. Uh, I mean, suffice it to say, it was basically game pitches. But they they usually, I mean, it's funny, right? Because they usually usually just students want to do things that they like, and so it's it's like, oh, they they've seen something and they like that, and so they end up doing a pitch that's very similar to things they like or that they've recently seen, which it's not surprising. I mean, like, people, you know, I, I wouldn't expect, you know, your development chops as a student to be to have been developed, for lack of a better term, by that time anyway, right? So it's just part of the process. But, but honestly, when I think of the idea of pitching, yeah, I can't imagine, like, I would be embarrassed, and maybe this is just, my my experience showing but i would be embarrassed to pitch something that was just a hash a rehash of something that existed like if i'm having a pitch it's because i have a new idea well, otherwise fair, it's not a pitch it's well, just fair enough right but actually let me let me say this unless right? i was pitching an accountant then i'd be like we're gonna do this and this and this con- to make money yeah but not everybody's as uh conscientious as you Elon. <laughs> Perhaps, but, but let me let me. The, the most interesting thing that came out of it, um, let's let's we can we can finish wrapping up this one with this, uh, was that the the way that students tend to pitch. Oh my god, I had it and I just lost it. I'm going crazy. So what I'm trying to say is that if you're just going to rehash something, that's the sort of thing you give to a suit. Right, the guy who's going to tell you, yeah, yeah, but that's not necessarily. It, de- it depends on it depends on the environment you're pitching in, right? Because the other thing that they say about um, n- not not with this subject, but with actual real game pitches, is that it can't be too outrageous. It has to be grounded in a way so that people know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, I understand that, but I mean, I'd like to think that a a real pitch you would also come with a little bit of a prototype, um, or at least some drawings or something to die- to help more than just words explain your idea but you can express an idea that is new without being grandiose right like it well you can express it in a sentence but look now that now okay look there's it's been told to me by somebody that i really have much respect for that if you have a pitch for a game you should be able to express the essence of what that is in a sentence or two right that's the elevator pitch version and usually when you have an elevator pitch version, it's impossible to express anything meaningful without relating it to something else. So most elevator pitches for games, um, the ones that are – even the ones that are good, they basically take something that everybody knows and then you add a twist, right? So you say, for example – and this is just random right now, right? It's like Super Mario Brothers combined with um, – yeah, I don't know. Uh, paper airplanes, right? So you take something... I mean, of course, that doesn't make any sense because I just made it up on the spot. But you take something that people know and you combine it with something else that people know, right? And that combination 
is supposed to like elicit something uh, colorful and understandable in the other person's head. And that's what a good pitch is, right? Because the whole idea of a good pitch is that you leave somebody wanting more. If they want to find out more about it, then the pitch is successful. And actually, the whole process of pitching games in general, just outside of all this, um, it's a very interesting thing, right? Because you, you hook someone first on the elevator pitch, right? Which is two sentences. And then you hook them with a paragraph. And then you hook them with a single page. And then it goes to, then you show them something that's five pages. And then you finally show them, you know, something that's like a concept document. And each, each one of those steps individually, the only intent is to pique the person's interest enough so that they want to see the more detailed version, you know. And if you've gotten yourself three or four or five steps in, um, then, you know, you're, you're doing successfully because it's, it's, that's just the way it goes. Okay, so these people gave you predictable ideas that didn't impress you? There was, I had it on the tip of my head and tongue and mind. But I just compl- there was one thing. There was one thing that they do all the time. I'm sure I'll remember when we're talking about something completely relevant. Okay, we can but there's something that. interesting that students do um, that it's just um, yeah. Let's move on, and then I'll remember later. Okay, so uh, we got a couple minutes left in the segment. Uh, I think we should go to the email that we got from Scott. Yeah, why don't we do that? Okay, so, so we got this a while ago. Yeah, so. Um, you know, listener Scott, so thanks for your email. I'll just read what he says, and then we'll figure out... Um, Hopefully our listeners remember that a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the the potential to resell digital, digitally distributed content. Right, primarily born from my extreme upsetness of buying something and wanting, wishing immediately that I hadn't. Yes. Right, and the fact that most digital, pretty much all digital download uh, infrastructures don't really give you the facility to return games. And so we, we fantasized, like you said, about that. Um, a couple episodes ago. So anyway, uh, our listener Scott says, Hey guys, on your latest show, you've discussed returns and second sale of content. Firstly, Steam has done returns on games, so the infrastructure is there. But usually it is for very specific reasons. As an example, when Ubisoft lied on their Steam page about how much DRM was included in From Dust, Steam allowed players to return their purchase if they contacted customer service. Not what you had in mind, but technically true and could be expanded if they gave a damn. Secondly, resale of content is not a lost sale for the publisher, even though uh, they treat it that way. That's my interjection there. There is a lot of value that a publisher can derive from a second sale that they mostly throw away. The second sale revenue will be more proportionately spent on other titles as well as support your retail partners for free. The customer will be more likely to purchase expansions, DLC, spin-off sequels, and so forth. And the customer will put a higher proportion of their budget to your industry in general, etc. And second sale already exists on Steam, but not in the way you expect. There's a bit of an underground community who sell and trade whole Steam accounts, and with it, almost every game associated with that account. It's not really acknowledged, but it definitely happens. There are even some services that wink, wink, nudge, nudge the ability to do so and help it, such as, um, well, you can search for Steam Calculator if you want to, and you'll see what that does. Um, so that's what Scott had to say about our topic. Yeah, I didn't quite understand everything he was saying, but it was it's pretty much what we touched on, um, but but just confirming it, right? Like I always said, it'd be pretty, pretty easy to go into any account and just deactivate the access to a particular game yeah you know it's certainly easy to credit an account so i I really wish i mean scott's point about how you know a resale of content isn't really a lost sale i brought um, that up during the show right right and you did and I, i find it interesting that uh you know just like i said a second ago publishers somehow like refuse to admit that something like that could exist and it's it's funny to me because i've never heard of Anybody actually doing like a a good faith study or analysis on like okay like what's what is the impact of things like secondhand sale on an economy you know I mean I, I'm I'm sure somebody must have done some kind of analysis on those things because it's not straightforward you know just in the same way that you know a pirated game is not a straightforward some loss of the cost of that game even though publishers use that metric because that produces the biggest numbers, right? Even though that's not really a loss, I mean, it's a lot more complicated than that. 
we we don't really seem to have like any kind of like authoritative sources saying like oh yeah you know like we've studied all this and we've done an analysis and this is what it's like We're back again, second half of the show. We're just talking about resale value, and you point out that there haven't been a lot of studies. And I, I certainly think we could propose that to economists, maybe to the Freakonomics guy. Actually, I'm hoping, um, just like you hope, that uh, one of our listeners will just be like, oh, but there are these seven studies that right here on the internet, and here are the links. I doubt that, honestly. But I do suspect that a study like that might be going on now, yeah, um, or could be soon. Um <clears throat> there, there was something else I wanted to talk about. This, it's oh yeah. So we're talking about um, the idea of this resale and how it does sort of happen, and it's not all bad for them, right? So, if I were to have the opportunity to resell this game that I bought, we'll say direct um, digitally. So I resell it, let's say half price, and various parties get a certain cut of that, myself included. You could also, with that. With that sale, you could, or the the market, meaning Steam, could present to the person purchasing it, while you're buying this, you can get such and such DLC as an addition to the base game for a discounted right, rate, or even not discounted, like, do you want to get it as a bundle? Um, well, discounted would be the best way to do it. You could also um, present to the person selling it, you're getting rid of this, here's... Uh, whatever voucher for another game from the same publisher. There's so many things you could do with it to encourage. Now that, that kind of sounds interesting, but I still think like, as you're talking about this, the only thing in my head is like, why would publishers ever do this? They, I honestly think it's inevitable that they will. Yeah. Well, right? as we, as we previously, we're, we're moving so. more towards consumer based. Like the, the, the models that exist, the models that persist, basically the ones that survive, and by models, I mean the, the market model like Steam are very consumer-centric. They, they realize that they're only going to survive if they cater to what the consumers want. And so Steam eventually will have this. That's at least my prediction. Well, I hope so. They I just mean, have to build it. I just then, don't want to go to, you know, cable land pricing structure. That would be the ultimate nightmare. Yeah, it would suck. But there are certainly ways to do it. And if you said... When someone sells your game secondhand, you can pitch to them a discount with their newly received credits, a discount to you know some other game of yours if if purchased within you know x number of minutes, days, or hours, or whatever. Uh, there's certainly a lot of ways to to promote to that. And obviously, it's a targeted audience, right? You liked that game, you'll like this game. So All right. well, I think it can happen. We have another letter, but it's a audio letter. Yeah, so we've asked people, like we said earlier in the show, uh, we ask people for voicemails all the time. You've got the number. It's 4804GAME21. That is correct, right? Four game Because I'm one of those listeners you mentioned. Totally, yes. All right, 4GAME21. You've successfully utilized um, your uh, chunking techniques of short-term memory to yeah. recall all of the letters. Uh, but like we said, we don't always get good, good messages. This one was at least good enough to play. Uh, the quality is always trash, though. So, so let me play that for you right now. Hey guys, long time listener, uh, like fifth time caller. Anyway, I'm calling about the, uh, the demo that drives you mad because after you get the game, it's nothing like the demo. Um, I've never run into that, but I have run into a situation where I've played a demo and loved the game so much only to find out that it will never release in America. And on the, uh, it was the old PlayStation magazine discs. There was a game called, and I'm going to butcher this, but I think it was called something like Ore no Riori. And uh, it was a fantastic game, and I played the demo constantly over and over and over and over again, uh, only to find out that I could never get it. Um, so there you go. That's my that's my spiel. Have a good one. Bye. 
So you know what's irritating about that is that is that I wish I knew what game he was actually talking about. Yeah, I wish he described it a little bit because I don't know what made it awesome. If he if he had you know what um, listener, if you're uh, if you're hearing this. Maybe you can actually describe the game to us because I wish I knew. Or maybe one of our uh, more astute listeners can figure out what he's talking about. Because yeah. Orino something is probably a game, but I'm pretty sure he said uh, a word that isn't any game. And by the way, if we're going to be leaving voicemails, we can step it up a notch with our production quality. You can leave uh, your name and city, right? So like, I'm Tim from whatever Wisconsin. And we sure just so we sound a little bit more radio. You can totally do that. Anyway, uh, has this happened to you before? What's that? That I played the game. That playing I a demo play. and then it turns out to never actually be available. Other than say with the Red Star. When, well, see, I mean, I'm in the, I'm I'm spoiled because I've just have I have accounts of like the Japanese side, uh, which isn't actually anything special. You can do it if you look it up on the internet, right? But I, I download de- demos of games that I can't buy all the time because the Japanese side of, like, PSN and XBLA, right, they have different releases. Yeah, but, I mean, you know that going in. Right. Right. This guy buys a magazine that has a demo in it and he can't play Well, it. you know what's but funny it, about the Red Star, right? It, is, it, what he described was exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah. This exact same thing happened because uh, it was for the Xbox, right? So we made, we made this game, the Red Star, for the Xbox and also for the PS2. And what happened was, um, for those, it, who, it was primarily remember, Xbox. The PS2 was the port, right? The best version was the Xbox version. We finished the development in like 2004, and it never came out until like three years after the fact. And what ended up happening was that only the PS2 version came out, and the Xbox version didn't come out. However, for some issue of the official Xbox magazine, uh, if you recall, that game. Uh, that game, that uh, magazine usually came with a demo disc every issue. And we had a demo in one of those issues. We had a demo of the first stage. This was actually also like the, the E3 demo. And it was um, very well received, if I remember correctly. It was. And it actually, it's, and it, and it's way better than, than the PS2 version. Like just graphically, it plays faster, it plays smoother. Uh, the colors are more correct. The aspect ratio is correct. Um, it's just it's just better all around. A game and like that, the aspect ratio could totally screw you. Well, you people, no one will ever bullet notice. patterns and stuff. No, 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 no. It's not that bad. It's not like it's not like you're. It's not it's not that extreme. It's just extreme enough for a developer to know that uh, the PS2 technically that version of the game was running in the wrong aspect ratio, but it was very slight. Like no one will notice. Okay. Um, but but yeah, if you can find a uh, that demo disc of that issue, you can play. Uh, the first level of our game on the Xbox, uh, which actually just was never, ever released. You, there's no way for anybody to ever play it otherwise. So you, you not only have experienced this as a consumer, but also as a developer. Yeah. Right? yeah. Put your game out there, people like it, and then it never comes out. Yeah. So, you know, that was a disaster. That's the other side of this equation. And that is, I want to say funny, but it's not. It's really just sad. It was sad. But that's okay. So I can't remember a time that this has happened where I've actually played the game and been excited about something and it never came out, except with Johann Sebastian Joust, which is not from a demo disc. Right, 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 right. I'm told, by the way, I've been in contact with him, with uh, Doug recently, Doug Wilson, the guy who made it. Uh, supposedly it's coming. I'm very excited. That's like, good. I don't know in what format. I don't know if it's coming on a PS3 or official release on the Mac or what. He but should. He should when he releases the game. Now I'm just going to give out my wish list for no good reason. But when he releases the game, he should like also like make a way for the players to actually adjust the sensitivity. Oh, that you can already do that. You can do that. Yeah. Okay. Then what? What have you been doing to us? Because we've been. Uh, I kept it. I kept everything default. Yeah. I, I always felt like it was like way too sensitive. It's very sensitive. It's one tap and then you're out, you know. So. Well, yeah. There, there's a newer version that I don't have where you can actually get invincibility by pulling the trigger. That's So funny. not long term. Like you get one second of invincibility. So if someone's lunging at you, whatever, or if you want to lunge at someone else, you can get a brief second. But you have to remember that you did it because if you do it a second time, you're automatically out. I don't know how I feel about that one, but uh, that's pretty interesting. But yeah, he, he tries to give you a lot of settings to mess with. But the version that I have is uh, super... Super early, like, alpha Kickstarter version that doesn't have a lot. Well, something else happened last week that was uh, very, very exciting for me and, and hopefully 
for other people. This is, this is something I wanted to learn more about. So we had finally uh, our official press event for the game that I've been working on for the past year, which um, now has a title. It's called an official title. It's called Epic Mickey Power of Illusion for the 3DS. Didn't we know that, though? Probably. I definitely had read it before. Yeah. I mean, it's, this isn't the first time it's been announced as Power of Illusion, but the, the official title is Epic Mickey Power of Illusion okay. for, for the 3DS. So we had our um, press event for the product last week, and um, they just lifted the embargo on press stories about it today. So if you go and search the internet for Epic Mickey Power of Illusion, you should be able to see tons of stories about it. Now, is this your first time on the other side of it? Because I remember you used to go to press events all the time as press, yeah. tips and tricks and all that you stuff. You know what? This is my first time. It's not my first time on the other side of it, but it is my first time as like one of the principles of the game on the other side of it. Okay. Because like you'd been to E3 for the Red Star. Yeah. And right? I mean, we had like a press event for the Red Star, for example, way back when. Yeah. But it's a different um, story. But now, now this is different. So this was, this was like... Okay. Let me paint this picture for you okay so we had our event actually in disney world um actually we were in the epcot center ball right you know that big geodesic dome like thing we were actually inside there so that was super cool we got to go to a secret place that nobody can access normally to have the press event walk through the service galley that was pretty exciting (laughs) right so um Anyway, I digress. Something something really crazy happened to me that totally blows my mind. I had realized um, that I had been to Disney World for the first time in my life, like when I was eight years old. Okay, Now, as part of the press event that we had, one of the things we did was we went to the top of the Contemporary Hotel at Disney World. And we had... We, we drank champagne as we saw um, fireworks for that night, and we had dinner there. This, this is when you were eight? Or no, this is this? now. Okay. Okay, I'm confusing you. Just a little here's, bit, but here's keep going. The cra- here's the crazy thing, okay? I visited the Contemporary Hotel when I was eight years old, right? And now this past week, right, I was looking out of the window of our dining room, and I was looking at the pools below, and this is when I made this realization that uh, – because I, I knew it had been to Disney World before, but I really wasn't sure where. And I remember looking down out of my hotel room window, and there were these, like, circular pools. Very distinct, like, exactly, like, in the shape of a circle with, like, the depth going down to a point in the middle with, like, concentric circles marked. I assume it was shaped like Mickey's. There's head. one that's, like, a Mickey shape, but there's a few other pools that are like just straight up circles, right? Anyway, it had a very, very distinct shape, I remember, when I was eight years old. And so now this past week, when I was looking out the, wind, out the window again, right, I saw these same pools, right? And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, holy shit. It just dawned on me that I had been at that very hotel when I was eight years old. And I was just thinking, you know, like, there was no way for me to know at eight years old that 25 years later, give or take, that I would be demoing a game that I had worked on, a Disney game, in that same very same hotel. It's not striking me as it's quite as amazing it as, me, as it seemed to be, but I guess it's It gave me goosebumps. Okay. I mean, maybe, you know, this is just a little personal thing for me, you know, but it was... That was just an incredible feeling. Um, but... The coolest thing was that I got to I got to talk to um, I met Warren Spector in person finally and uh, it was cool to talk to him and you know all the other press about the game and it comes out like November so you guys will have to wait until November to play it. Did they announce an, an official date? Uh, I'm not sure. Don't take my word for it. I thought I had read November 18th. In yeah, the past. 18th sticks out in my mind. That's but- also the release date of the Wii U. Yeah, well, you know, don't buy the Wii U. Just buy uh, my game instead. I I wanted to talk about the Wii U, but we're actually we have to go to break. So uh, let's cut to break. Unless there was there more to talk about. Let's the cut power of illusion. All right, we'll be right back.
else are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain, lead, manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, so the last bit before the end of the show, uh, before we start, I'll have to remind everyone again about UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. Please... uh, do us a solid and go check that out. Now, um, you were just talking about, you know, you're you're at Disney World, you're on the other side of of the press conference uh, for Epic Mickey Power Revolution. Yeah. What was there anything that stands out as this, like, were you on the on some roundtable panel discussion and the press is asking you questions about it, or is it just you guys presenting? How does it actually play out? Well, you know, our our our, our creative director had a presentation for the you know, the entire press and, and Warren spoke too, of course. And um, is he like jobs where he's like, this is amazing. It's like a new chapter in the Mickey. Yeah, sure. I'll just say he's like jobs. Sure. Okay. Um, and, and you know, all of the, all the other development staff was there. So we basically, uh, would just were on hand to answer questions and, you know, show the, show all the press with the game. I'm not going to say how to play the game, but, um, you know, we were there to show them, Answer questions, show them uh, cool things, help them out if they got stuck, and so on. I've actually, I've been very, very encouraged at the response. It's been a very, very positive response. That's good. Yeah, it's very nice. All right. You know, something else that happened, actually, while I was away on my trip, I sent you a little picture of my, a friend of mine had picked up some U-Draw games. That's right. All the U-Draw games except the one I worked on. Yeah, and not all of them, but (laughs) he did have a couple. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you should get dudes big, and then... I text you and you're like, "Where's my game?" I, said, I knew, <laughs> I knew he would say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was on some super sale. I guess, I guess, if you want to experience one of Ara's more recent games, Dude's Big Adventure, you could probably pick it up pretty cheap these days. Yeah, although you have to drop by the U draw. So if you don't have that already, it's it might be more than uh, you're willing to get into. No, well, that's why he got it. It was super cheap. The oh, U draw okay. itself. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, that makes sense. They must be having a fire sale on yeah. that. Although he got it for the three sixty. Did. Did dudes come out? Oh, not at all. He got the U draw for the 360. Yeah. Wow. Did it? Did dudes come out for the 360 no. or PSN? No, or not at all. Okay, we only. Yeah, we only. Which is weird. Were there any other no, games that were we only? It's not weird though because it's. I mean, we would have had to. You can't just like. It's not so straightforward to port that. And anyway, like I mean, the Wii's the one underpowered machine, right? So it would probably look like garbage if it was ported. But were were the other games more portable? Um, like Pictionary, I mean. No, I mean they would have had to probably if they were doing it right, they would have redone it. Obviously. All right. Well, I certainly didn't see it. We didn't play it. But needless to say, it sounds like there was a version of Pictionary and that drawing game for <laughs> 360, wasn't there? Yes. Yes, yeah. there was. I mean, it, I mean, it. Pictionary is a much more recognizable name than Dude's Big Adventure. I yes. admit it. Okay, so. Uh, right before we went to break, I mentioned the Wii U, and I have been talking about the Wii U and how awesome it is for quite a while now. I'm genuinely excited about this release, but I am, I should say, I'm genuinely excited about the Wii U hardware and the games that Nintendo will make for it. I, of course, have no faith that third parties will make anything good for it, but that's standard. Um, although I am kind of excited about the new Rayman game. Uh, the release itself, I think, is going to be totally bungled, and... It's bothering me, so I wanted to mention this. Why do you think it will be bungled, Alon? It's it already is right. So they they announced that they're going to have the normal one and the premium one, right? Yeah. 
Okay. But in truth, for any gamer, the premium one is the normal one, and the other one is the chump one. So that's what it is. You've so got why? So what do I? What's so chumpy about the normal one? So the price difference is fifty bucks. Okay. And the premium comes with the sixty dollars game that everyone's going to buy, Nintendo Land. What's that, Nintendo Land? Yeah, the one with all the mini games that teaches you how to use the device, basically. Okay. Right. So. Already you've saved money. And then it also comes with a few things like the charging stand for the Wii U. It comes with like a stand for the system, a stand for the um, for the Wii pad thing, whatever it's called. The, right. the thing I think that you would sit in front of the television to do teleconferencing stuff. And then the one that's actually the charging cradle as well. Okay, so, it comes so they these, have two tiers of bundles. Like this is not new. Well, like, it also like, comes with four times the internal memory. That's the big difference, right? Um, and... What's also unfortunate is that you're forced into either white or black if you get the normal or the premium, right? So it's class warfare. A little bit. Which color, pray tell, is the premium? Black black is better. Black is better. Which is lame because I'd prefer white. But but anyway. Clearly you're racist. Here's the thing. It was – you had to pre-order it to get the premium. Well, presumably, right? Like pre-orders are available for it online, Best Buy, and and all these places, right? Um, And the premium – you had to pre-order like in the first day. So it used to be you don't pre-order anything. You go stand in front of the game store and you get your system after waiting there all darn day, right? And now pre-orders are the big thing, so you pre-order it. And then you don't get what you asked You still get it, right? Ran out. But yeah, the experience now is that they make so few. They're not quite ready to release the system, but they release it anyway. They make so few that if there is this this differentiated system like the 360 did and like the playstation did one is much less available than the other and that's absolutely what's happening with the wii u we know already because they stopped taking pre-orders be a shortage at launch absolutely i mean and you're are you telling me this is a uh, genuine shortage or maybe a uh, manufacturer genuine shortage but it's really but but what bugs me about that about this is that it's a it's a genuine manufacturer (laughs) shortage (laughs) because they certainly have the systems and they're just not making the premium ones when they know the premium ones are more popular. But what they can do is they say, oh, well, there is the premium one if you want to get all the stuff with it and not pay as much money as if you buy it all separate. But they're forcing people to go the more expensive route by buying the not premium model where they make more money, right? Because they're putting less memory in the system, so they're paying less to make it. People are having to buy Nintendo Land separately. Um, and then cradles and stuff if people are going to buy those. Are all these cradles? Is that all necessary? Uh, I mean, I'm, I want them. But really, it's the fact that it's just more expensive to get just the game in the system. Um, so it's frustrating. So anyway, there's going to be huge scarcity. If you're at all considering it, I'm going to pre-order, just because I can, the normal $300 model. Because even that is going to be scarce. And I can tell you this, uh, just by the fact that it's coming out in November. If it wasn't scarce, if they had done production in time, like it would be re- released earlier. And they would spread it out. But this game is coming out right before the Thanksgiving Black Friday rush thing. And they're not going to be enough. You know what's uh, funny? Absolutely guaranteed. So I'm going to like stand in front of a Walmart for a day, and they're only going to get two premiums, and I'll be like third in line or something, which is what pisses me off. Really, really pisses me off. Because I will wait all day if I know I'm going to get it. But now, because of the differentiated release, you know, okay, they're going to get 20, but we don't know how many of each, and you don't know who's going to get what. So I'm going to wait in a freaking Walmart... All day to not get what I want. Just like having a target. You could just ago. do what I do and save yourself all the anguish. And lot. just not buy it? Yeah. Yeah, not interested. <laughs> You're but interested I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not going to buy and use the not premium model. Like if I buy it, I'll just sell it. Well, you know, as the uh, Tibetan monks say, if you uh, want to buy a Wii U, then you'll have Wii U problems. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Just but okay. like, well, they, you know, anything that you have, you have problems of that kind. Okay. You know, if you have, if you have a show called Chatterbox, you'll have Chatterbox problems. Radio, you'll have Chatterbox video game radio problems. And the Tibetan monks, they don't have anything, so they don't have any problems. Yeah. Well, this is what I've learned from PBS in the past week. I can guarantee you that scarcity produced problems for a long. Yeah. Well. As always. Produces. So there will be great scarcity with the Wii U. If you want it, you, you know what's funny? really should pre-order. I haven't... Sucks. Like, I know someone who works at Nintendo okay, and I'm not still gonna let you. It. I'm not going to let you blow through my, my phrases twice in a row, okay? I have, It's been so long since there's been a console release that I, I like, find it hard to, like, really believe that there's going to actually be a console coming out next month or the month. Two, and a half after. two months, less than two months from now. Yeah. 
the new Wii U. How long U. has it been? It's been a really long time. It's been like six years or something, and it's just as powerful as the systems we're playing right now. <laughs> They're catching up. Yeah. Speaking of releases, right, um, you must have seen the mention of the new uh, Slimmer Slim, the third model of the PlayStation 3. Um, it's supposed to come out like this week or next week or something like that, actually, isn't it? Who cares? Like, if you, if you wanted a PS3, you already had one. Yeah. Well, unless you need three... And um, that could be me at some point. Yeah. They talk about this like sliding door for the DVD drive. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I think it's like one of those things where you probably like you sort of press in a little bit and slide it, like Maybe. like opening a window. You slide it to the right. So instead of a tray that like opens up on a hinge, it slides out kind of like a bread box or something. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's got to be cheaper. I'm kind of I'm just guessing based too. on the pictures. Yeah. I don't really know. But this is I I can't even think of any other example where there's been a third release of a console can you well not one that was a, a very different form factor yeah totally f- different form factor yeah, I, mean, I mean the ps3 has already just in the fat model well had yeah, more yeah, than yeah. Three. don't count i don't count but that. the xbox 360s had a bunch of different ones and whatever i mean i they, guess i guess maybe the 360 because they've had like the regular one they had the elite and then they had the elite and then what do they have now the elite was basically the same as the first yeah but yeah it's uh Three totally different form factor models is something special. No, the Sega Genesis did that. Sega Genesis no, had more right. than three, actually. You're right. But Sega's always crazy. And once yeah. again, you're right about that. Anyway, end of the show. Chatterboxgameshow.com is our website. Please email us. And, of course, don't forget to call 4804GAME21. We may just uh, put you on the air. We'll be back next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.